everyone. This is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg. Your host for Times Will Tell. A weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Hello, Times Will Tell listeners. It's Jessica Steinberg, and I'm here this week with Adam Doritz, lead singer of The Counting Crows, the band that he was a founding member of and has been the main composer of since it was established in 1991. Counting Crows have sold over 20 million records. They've been nominated for two Grammys, and they're finally playing in Israel, a place that Adam Duritz spent time in as a teen and hasn't visited since. Their concert is Wednesday night in Ranana, just outside of Tel Aviv. And Adam Duritz had just landed on Sunday morning when we spoke, and here he is. Welcome, Adam Duritz, to The Times Will Tell, that this is the Times of Israel podcast, and we are very honored to have you with us. Um, and we appreciate you squeezing us into what I know is a busy schedule ahead of your Wednesday night performance in Ranana, which I know a lot of people are looking forward to. I know I am. Uh, I'm very excited to yeah. play someplace we've never played before. It's hard to believe. Obviously, there's been a lot of preview interviews with you that you came here and you worked on a kibbutz when you were 18 and you came back to Jerusalem and did a little studying in the Holy City. But it has been quite a few decades since you've been in Israel, correct? Four, I would think. About four. Yeah, it's been a really wow. long time. Okay. Um, and you haven't really gotten to see anything yet. Are you planning on traveling around for the next couple of days, or are you going to lay low and hang out at the beach? Well, I'd like to get a chance to travel around. I really want to go back to Jerusalem um, because that was someplace I really loved when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't really know. It depends on what kind of like uh, press and stuff they have us doing. That's the only thing that's going to take up the time, except for uh, you know our gear, our A gear has all been in a locker in Liverpool for a year now. So we kind of have to go through that and make sure we have to do some pre rehearsal with the band and the crew to make sure all the equipment, the gear is okay. So, ah, it got sent over for a concert that got canceled. Correct. And now you're basically doing the tour that you meant to do a while back because of COVID. I decided to leave it over there rather than bring it back because uh, on the risking that we would be able to reschedule the tour. And, and we were able to. Um, I didn't want to bring everything back over, so right. I left it over there. Because especially nowadays, uh, all the expenses for a band's, band's uh, prices haven't gone up at all, but the expenses are all doubled or tripled. Freight, airlines, uh, you know, flights, hotels, freight for your gear, all that is double or triple what it was. And we're on the same thing. So I didn't want to waste the money by bringing it all back. So we got to do that at some point. I mean, there's a lot of things I'd like to do, and hopefully I'll get to do some of them, but part of touring is realizing that uh, the gig is everything. That's sort of the challenge that you have. How is this tour going? I know that you were touring the U.S., and now you're Europe, and you hopped over to Israel, and then you go back, and you have a lot of tour dates all over Europe. What does it feel like to be touring again? Um, It's cool. Uh, I mean, this is the first gig of the sort of European tour, Um, so we haven't done that part yet. Um, but the shows in America, we did a whole tour last summer and we've been playing gigs off and on this year. It's all been really cool. It's nice to be back playing. You've, you've mentioned in a few interviews that it's been 30 years since your first album and that you feel, I guess, in a sense of privilege, I don't want to put words into your mouth, that you guys are still together and that you perform to these 
huge shows, you know, fans that are really excited to see you. Not so much uh, that we're still together, but that people are still coming out to see us. I, you know, you always worry about that because the shelf life of a band is very short, but especially after, you know, two years layoff, you really wonder whether things are right. going to pass you by, you know, but we're still here. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it like getting back onto those stages, you know, in the middle? I mean, when COVID was sort of quieter, you know, this summer, last summer, what is it like getting back together, working together, performing together? Oh, it's same as it's always been. I mean, it's just performing. It's nice to play. You know, I, you know, I think when you're in a band, that was the longest I've ever gone without playing. Uh, the, that yeah, period yeah. during COVID in my entire adult life, I've never gone that long between gigs. Uh, so it was very strange. That's pretty amazing. That's, that must be incredibly strange. And something that I sort of keep thinking about is, you know, you've got these, obviously there are certain songs that are so, you know, so familiar, so popular, make people happy, Mr. Jones, Big Yellow Taxi, Round Here. What is it like when you play these songs that you know are beloved by your fans, but which you guys have to keep on churning out all the time? What is it like to play those songs over again, knowing that your crowd wants to hear them, but knowing that maybe there's other things that you want to focus on more, or maybe not. Maybe those are the songs you always want to bring to your audience. If I want to play something else, I, I would just play it. I think uh, I, there's nothing that has to get played every night. The only song that we play every night is A Long December. And I, that's because for some reason, that's the only song I never, ever get sick of. I don't think there's ever been a night where I didn't want to play that song. I don't know why that is, but I'm never tired of it. Everything else, if there's a night where I don't want to play it, I, I'm not going to play it. Because I, I think it would suck to play songs that you don't <laughs> want to play, you know? Really? You would you would do that to the audience? You would do that to the fans? Not not play Mr. Jones, for, inst for instance? Oh, yeah. There's been lots of nights where we didn't play Mr. Jones. I love that song. I okay. love Mr. Jones. But I want to keep loving Mr. Jones. I don't want to hate the song. And I would think the quickest way to hating your own music is to play it on nights when you don't want to play it. You know? Yeah, that would that would kind of make sense to me as well. Interesting, given that you've got this, you've had this long-standing connection to Israel that it took so long to get back here. Bands want to go everywhere, so the only reason, but you you can't go anywhere unless you have a promoter making you an offer that makes sense. Um, you know, sure. Uh, the, the fact is, there's probably nowhere in the world we don't really want to go. Um, but you, you just can't go until promoter gives you the right kind of offer. And uh, I don't know that we've had those in the past. This offer was really good. The moment I heard it, I said, absolutely, let's do it. You know, it's it's uh, taking care of a lot of our European tour because some of the, the other gigs in Europe are smaller, not as well-paying, some of them. Um, this is a great gig. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd like to be able to come back here every few years because it's... it's uh, to know that to go to a new country and find out that you have an audience where you can go right and play a 6,000-seat arena right off the bat, that's fantastic. I mean, not an arena, an amphitheater. So, I mean, the I don't know about the past, but I don't really remember offers from Israel. Um, the only thing I can say is as soon as I heard this offer, I said, absolutely, let's do it. Okay. You know, because it's, yeah, I've always, I, I love it here. We're going to take a quick break from my conversation with Adam Duritz, lead singer of The Counting Crows. 
and we'll be back soon. With what seems like an endless amount of information at our fingertips, we tend to forget that wondering about things is really part of the journey to finding answers we're looking for. So when it comes to the hot topics of Israel, Judaism, and Zionism, there's so much to wonder about right now that it's hard to know where to turn. Enter the latest weekly podcast from Unpacked, Wondering Jews with Michal and Noam. Join hosts and educator extraordinaires Michal Biton and Noam Weissman as they tackle these topics and the uncomfortable questions that surround them with the goal of working towards the answers together with their listeners. And tune in for a special episode featuring a fellow wanderer, Chaviv Retigur, out now. No matter where you're from, if you've ever wondered about anything, this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to Wandering Jews with Michal and Noam on your favorite podcast app today. Wandering Jews is brought to you by Unpacked, a division of Open Door Media. Hey, podcast listeners. As you know, Israeli cooking is taking the world by storm. Now here's your chance to join in. The Times of Israel is excited to present our new virtual cooking series, Bete Avon, where expert chefs show you how to make classic and modern Israeli dishes. After you join the Times of Israel community, you'll have the opportunity to ask live questions to a series of well-known chefs such as Susie Fishbein and the Hala Prince. Can't make it to a live session? The workshops are recorded for you to watch at your leisure. TOI community members get exclusive access to all previous recordings and future sessions. To participate, join the Times of Israel community. There's a link to join on our homepage and every single page on the site. Enjoy! We're back with Adam Duritz of The Counting Crows. I know that you haven't started your European leg first, but it's always a little bit of a pain to come to Israel because of the fact that you have to schlep everything over here and then schlep it back to Europe. You know, you're not playing in the countries that surround Israel, of course. You're not going to Egypt. You're not going to Jordan. Not going to Syria or Lebanon. You didn't get hit with any boycott uh, sanctions. You didn't get hit with any criticism of coming to play in Israel. No, the only places I really heard about it were uh, in the interviews. But I mean, I will say that I've been pretty okay. isolated this year, you know, because yeah, of COVID. I haven't, I haven't been out and about very much. Um, mm-hmm. I, also, we're not exactly the center of the culture right now, so maybe it would be different in that mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I also like, you know, I'm a Jew. I understand <laughs> the long tradition of oh, uh, like. Every, everything is the Jews' fault. You know, like, uh, I don't really buy it. All right. So talk about that a little bit now that you brought it up. What is it like to come back here and to bring your people, you know, to bring Counting Crows, to bring your people, to bring your band, to bring your bandmates to this place that you connected with a long time ago? What does that feel like? Uh, it, I mean, it feels pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's a really long time ago for me. So, you know, but there's some pretty powerful memories I just think for the band, in a lot of ways, you you expect your career to be shrinking. You expect to play less and less places every year. So a year where you can come and play more places, to go someplace new for the first time, I don't think any of the guys in our band, except for me, have been here before, which is pretty rare. You know, this tour, we actually have three cities we've never played, Helsinki and Warsaw and, uh, 
and Tel Aviv. And that's kind of great. You know, it's, it's, a, it's the opposite direction you expect things to go in the later years of your career. So that always makes me really happy, especially, you know, if considering, you know, how big the crowd could be here for us, it's someplace we could come back to. Could you share a memory? I mean, I was a kid. I went, went through the Sinai. It was still part of uh, Israel back then. We got to hike all through Sinai. That was great. I spent a lot of time in Jerusalem. It was uh, very, very powerful for me, that city, the, especially the old city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I worked on a kibbutz for a little while. Yeah, worked in an apple orchard. I, I uh, dug crap out of a grain silo. Uh, it was. I really enjoyed the, the work. And it's, it's funny because it, it kind of prepared <laughs> me in some ways because that kind of physical work is what I ended up doing to support myself all the years when I was, you know, in the band at first and in different bands, I was a landscaper and I did construction work, you know, I went after college and during college, you know, and uh, I think one of the reasons I knew that I was okay doing that kind of work is that I had done it. You know, I had done it over here. I'd gotten up really early in the morning and done hard work all day and that's kind of how I ended up supporting myself uh, in the early days before the band was successful Um, but the first place I really did a lot of that was on the kibbutz here Um, I went back again a couple years later when I was 18 and uh, pretty much just spent time in Jerusalem that time a lot of it was also that I was a kid and I liked getting wasted and, and there was no drinking age over here and I thoroughly appreciated that at the time. Yes, that was that was then. Now is a little bit different, but yeah. <laughs> if you I don't I don't know if this is too much of a stretch, but are there any are there any of those early moments and early memories that made their way into your music at any point or do is there any connection there between what you experienced and what you later started creating? Well, I think there's a lot of places where my struggle with religion and faith shows up in my music, and that certainly was a part of mm-hmm. my time here. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a pretty common theme, you know, uh, coming to Israel, coming to Jerusalem, struggling with where you are in terms of faith, whatever faith you might be. Now that you're back here, and of course, you're here for work, and you're here to perform and and to do, you know, to give interviews and to maybe see a little bit of this country that you haven't seen in a while but do you find that you it tugs at you in a certain way or not at all? You know, all that is sort of in your past. Well, there are things about the country that tug at me a lot. Um, like? Uh, just the history and what it, uh, the part it plays in my own history, you know, being a Jew. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pretty powerful thing for any Jew. Being here is a very, uh, what's the word, intoxicating in that way. I mean, it is, it is a, a very heady liquor the, for, for Israel is a heady liquor for Jews, I would say. Um, but, you know, no, the religion doesn't tug at me. I'm past believing okay. things like that. Yeah, but the, the place, the scenery, the, what you're seeing outside your window, what you see when you drive from the airport, those kinds of things, the, the people on the street. Well, not as much from the airport to Tel Aviv, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just the knowledge of what it is and, and my memories of, especially of Jerusalem. I, maybe if I went over to uh, Yafo, you know, to the, the older parts of town. 
But I also think that just the uh, the knowledge of I mean, the city looks a lot like a construction zone right now. It's got this. It's I mean, yeah. it's incredibly beautiful out the window, looking at the beach. But between me and the beach is a construction zone. Uh, I guess they're putting in a, a rapid transit <laughs> system. Uh, I remember when they did that in L.A. Uh, that always tears up your town for a bit. But it's worth yeah, it. Yeah. I, I guess it's just like also the, you know, it's a country full of Jews as opposed to being uh, one in a crowd, you know, as, right. as you are in the rest yeah, of the yeah. world. In the rest of the world, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're one in a crowd. And here you yeah. are the crowd. And that's a unique thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Are you brushing up on any Hebrew for the show? Are we going to hear any? Uh... Yeah, if people are talking, I'll say shek it. That's all I remember. Shek it, bavachasha. I don't remember. I remember Ken and Lo. Uh, I remember Shalom, which means aloha. I, I don't remember most of my Hebrew. I, I was. I could sort of speak it back then, but uh, yeah, I, I don't remember very much of it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. But you're. The crowd, you know, sometimes they, they love it. They love it when, you know, when someone, when some beloved singer comes their way and throws a little shalom and a little, even Shekep of Akasha, I think they'll, they'll be happy on Wednesday night to hear that as well. Where, where are you in terms of new songs, in terms of new work? I know, obviously, COVID, as we keep on saying, has been such a struggle for bands. For Sometimes it's great for being inspired, and sometimes it makes it, has made it really difficult. Uh, where is Counting Crows in terms of new music? Are we going to hear any? Well, I had written a second suite, um, but I threw it out. Uh, I, I heard my, <laughs> my friend sent me his... I, when the same time I was writing the suite, like... Last year in in England, I, I sang on my friend's record, and uh, he sent me their record before it came out. It's uh, they're this band called Gang of Youths. Uh, they have a new record called Angel in Real Time. And when I listened to it, it was so good that for the first time, literally the first time in my entire career, I thought, "Oh, these songs aren't good enough," and I I threw them out. So uh, I have to rewrite. Oh man! I mean, I'm reworking some of it, but it just wasn't. His record was so much better, and that's not good enough. So, okay, but the point is, is that you're working. The point is, is that it's out. You're gonna produce more. We're gonna hear more new music. You guys are gonna keep on going for hopefully a very long time. The chances of us finding other jobs are pretty slim. So yeah, <laughs> stick with this one. Well, you said landscape and construction. You know, you can always. There's always something to fall back on, right? I'm not falling back to that on that <laughs> I, I stick with my job I, I, I loved it okay. at the time but uh, I'm, I'm glad I like my new job better okay okay <laughs> okay well right the new job that you've you know been carrying out for a while happily for quite a few decades excellent um, well, we really thank you for being with us Adam Duritz it's great to have you here in Israel and looking forward to hearing you on stage on Wednesday night and hoping you have just a great trip and that you get to do a few things and see a few places that you want to see while you're here. Absolutely. I hope so. But the main thing I really wanted to do was play here. So one way or another, I'll, I'll, I'll get it all. I just, I really wanted to okay. play here. So. Okay. All right. And now you're doing it. You know, we've been, we've been waiting and now you're here, which is an excellent thing. So, Good luck. Have fun on on Wednesday night. And uh, when you say Shekep of Akasha to the crowd, they will laugh, I am sure, with appreciation. <laughs> Thanks. All good right. Advice. Take care. Have yourself a good day. 
Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Shalom.